What we've got here is failure to communicate. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Tough, unique, bad, bold, and sassy. 60% of the time, it works every time. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Take the pain. Take the pain! Have you ever seen a grown man naked? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Today, Junior? It's too late to turn back now. It's the Brian Hanks Show. Indeed it is, indeed it is. Hello, live and on tape from beautiful, sexy Whitehall Drive here in lovely and gorgeous Kenson, North Carolina. I don't know, can I, you got any more adjectives we can come up with there, Mike? It's fire. <laughs> it is fire. fire, indeed. It's hump day. It's Wood Ducks Wednesday, September the 13th in the year of our Lord 2023. This is episode 928 of the Brian Hanks Show, presented by Lenore Community College. My co-hosts, John Dawson and Jonathan Massey. Why, they'll be joining me at the end of the second hour tomorrow. Or tomorrow. <laughs> Good Lord. <clears throat> well, hopefully tomorrow, too. I don't see why not. There you go. But at the end of the second hour today for the birthday game. It's not even in my script. Or I guess I'm excited about tomorrow night's Wood Ducks game. That's what it is, Mike. Yeah, it's going to be a great one. You hear his... Uh, you hear his uh, well-protected, great voice there. Goodness gracious, man. I'm already off the... Tr- off the tracks and we're 90 seconds in we have a great show for you today joining me right now in our plush well-lit well-protected studio here on whitehall drive is our resident golf expert and he's all around man about town how about that is that good i love it there you go our renaissance man it's michael martin he's going to get us uh, i guess we'll do a little Ryder cup talk i'd like to know what the update is going into uh, the Ryder cup which begins uh, two weeks from friday in italy but we're also going to talk some ECU football. I want to, ugh, I want to pick your brain on that. Uh, some NFL, dude. We got to talk some Aaron Rodgers and that. Just no, just a sad situation, man. I mean, whether you're an Aaron Rodgers fan or not, you've got to feel bad for the man. Four plays into his his renaissance into his uh, second chance uh, in New York, he's down for the season. Maybe down for his career. That talk was going around a little bit yesterday, Mike. And we're going to talk a little uh, Tony Hill, North and North football and North and North situation, but we're going to get to that here in just a moment. But it is also, as I said, it is Wood Ducks Wednesday. Our Woodies are in the playoffs, and Mike, by God, they won their game one last night. How about this? I was messaging with John Clemens last night. He sent me this really cool picture. Uh, he he took the whole crew up there. Uh, yeah, I saw, I saw some social media stuff with Shiver and – that hit that crew but is that not awesome but, but john took the whole crew up to the armpit of north carolina zebulon north carolina to cheer on the wood ducks he had a rally towel they were holding the rally towel up nice. and guess what the rally towel brought him through last they night rallied. Uh, they, they were rallied. down two to nothing when uh john sent that to me and I, i'm going to be honest with you I, I was really tired yesterday i had a big assignment in jones county yesterday and so i was there pretty much well as soon as I left the show, pretty much all day yesterday. So I didn't get back until about five thirty, six o'clock last night and uh was gonna was thinking about trying to make it up there for the game, but then just decided, man, I'm just I'm exhausted. So he sends me that text, Linda and I watch a little TV. Dude, I was in bed by like nine fifteen, nine. That's why I'm so wound up, I think, this nice, morning. Nice, nice. Um so I get I didn't even know they had won until I woke up this morning. Greg Clemens wow. had sent me a text and said, The rally towel brought you through. I check uh the site and sure enough. 
hour down east wood ducks win four to three last night in game awesome. one of the best of three so what that means to you mike martin and to uh, all our down east wood ducks fans tomorrow night at historic granger stadium our down east wood ducks could wrap up the first round of the playoffs uh so you need to be out there i will be there John Dawson, Jonathan Massey will be out there. Jonathan Massey's throwing out the first pitch tomorrow, dude. Nice, nice. And on top of that, you can get your very own. Tell them what I'm holding right here, Mike Martin. That is a the (laughs) Brian Hanks show sponsored by Lenore Community College Wood Ducks Rally Towel. There you go. Hashtag quack attack, which, by the way, I want to thank Greg Clemens for giving me that idea, too, to put on there. And you can get your very own free. The first 1,000 fans that go through the stands tomorrow night, I'm sure I'm going to say. I may say this another time or two over the next couple of shows. What do you think, dude? I think it would be a wise choice. (laughs) There you go. It would be a wise choice. (laughs) But you can get your very own uh, rally towel. It helped. Hey, it helped them last night. I mean, how can you argue with it? I'm telling you, man. So I am just – we are very, very excited uh, about that, but uh, we'll uh, in our second hour. It is Wood Ducks Wednesday, and we're going to have the assistant general manager of Downey's Wood Ducks, Janelle Bullock Fitch, who is going to be. Is it Bullock or is it Bullock with her? I think it's Bullock. Bullock, I think. Yeah, I think she's a Bullock. Yes. But uh, yes. she was Janelle Bullock for the first I don't know twenty years that I knew her, and uh, then she got married a couple of years ago, and now she's uh, Daniel Fitch. Good yeah. dude. Good you, dude. You know him? I do. I just know him from, I think I met, well, I had met him a time or two, you know, just maybe the, the cursory hello, that kind of thing. But were you at the wedding? I can't remember. No, no, no. Oh, it was awesome. um, Yeah, I'm sure. Dude, they had this wedding. It was uh, somewhere in Wayne County. And we'll we'll ask her about it uh, when we get her up here in the second hour. But but it was awesome. And uh, she is, she's actually going to be joining us on the Spence Automotive Guest Line because she's going to be on her way to get her hair did. Well, I mean, it's, it's, uh, (laughs) they have a, they have a home and playoff game tomorrow night. She needs to be in full effect. There you go. So very excited about that. So Mike Martin here in the first hour, Janelle Bullock Fitch in our second hour. I don't know. Does she still go by Bullock Fitch or is it just Fitch? I think it's just Fitch. Let me go I mean, to her face. Let me check. Let me uh, do what we all do and just check her Facebook go to page. The social media. Oh, she's got Janelle Bullock Fitch on there. So uh, I mean, you know, in the picture, oh, oh. Here, I'll hold this up so you can see it. Look, it's of her. Her and Danny Dimes. Yeah, there you go. Oh, that's so cool, man. Yeah. So, uh, again, Mike Martin here in the first hour. Uh, Janelle Bullock-Fitch in the second hour. And before you know it, the show will be over, and we will be uh, getting ready for this awesome day. I got, well, um, <clears throat> I can't talk about that. I, I just, I've got a, I got a cool assignment. Remind me to tell you off the air, okay? But I got, I I, to it. this Come is in. just a crazy week. <laughs> with stuff going on i gotta uh i need to promote this too the thing that i was doing yesterday is uh i'm helping uh jones county and the folks over in trenton with the heritage festival Mm. which is a week from saturday it's going to be uh a whole day of uh, great events it's it is their uh uh, our thing we do downtown with barbecue barbecue. it's their basically it's their barbecue festival we're gonna have uh like 40 different vendors, 40 to 50 different vendors. It's going to be just, it's going to be a lot of fun. But what they had me doing yesterday, Mike, uh, dude, you talk about freaking cool. I got to talk to six people that were in their 70s, 80s. I talked to one lady who was 100, and we shot videos of them. And what they're going to do is at the uh, their convention center, they're going to have it up on a big screen, these interviews, just awesome. looping the whole yeah. time. Yeah. <coughs> dude. Let me tell you something. I, it was amazing talking to these folks who 
grew up in Jones County and just what Jones County was like. And even Kinston, a couple of them were talking about Kinston too, what it was like back in the 40s and 50s. And uh, like I said, the lady that was 100, you're going to love this, dude. In fact, she turned 101 in October. Wow. Okay. Hey, her mind is as sharp or definitely sharper than mine. I'm not going to, you know, vilify you or anything Uh, here, but dude, she sat there. She was in a wheelchair, but she sat there, dude, and her memory was just sharp. She was telling me about... Uh, go, she grew up in New Bern, but then mo- her husband was from Jones County, so she ended up uh, moving to Jones County eventually. But uh, <coughs> she left. She was, like I said, born in 1922, uh, went to finishing school, and then she uh, moved to New York with $30 in her pocket, no place to live, and no job in 1943 in the middle of, the, uh, in the middle of World War II. Wow. Her first day up there, she found a job. She found an apartment for $6 a week. <laughs> Unreal. <laughs> How crazy yeah. is that? Yeah. And, but she was like, but, you know, and it, that was pretty expensive, $6 a week. But I made $30 a week, so I had it well covered. I thought wow. that was pretty cool that, you know, yeah. she was excited about yeah. that. And uh, then she talked about when she moved back to uh, eastern North Carolina uh, after living in New York for – oh, she made sure to say, New York didn't run me off. I was better than New York. I just – I thought that was cool too. But, uh, <laughs> dude, this is the part that got me, this 100-year-old woman who just is, just was sweet as anything. But she tells me, uh, I got back, and you wouldn't believe all the good-looking men that were in uh, New Bern and uh, I guess uh, – was it Cherry uh, – uh, what's Cherry Point. The, Cherry Point. Yeah. All the and all oh they were just all these good looking men and her granddaughter or her daughter and a grandson is sitting right there, and they're just sitting there you awesome. know shaking their head. It was I can't awesome. wait. I haven't had a t- chance to touch this yet, but you'll be able to see all these videos at the Heritage Festival at uh, in Jones County next week. You talk about just dude. I don't know. I'm 54. You are 46. 46. Dude, you had our age. Dude, you had our and we're old guys, dude. And you had our ages together. We still don't. We we barely add up to what she is, dude. How crazy is that? Yeah, but, it is. You're not very good at math, but we'd be a little older than her. We'd be one ten. No, fifty four and forty six is a hundred. Ah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I told her customer yesterday I wasn't very good at math, and it it, it just reared its ugly head on that the radio. Is, that is awesome. No, uh. Well, it, she is about to turn 101. But anyway, like I said, a week from uh, uh, a week from Saturday on <laughs> September. Somebody making fun of your no, man. no. Ashley Mills, uh, the pride of James County, just uh, just piped in and said, "James County, that's God's country." So we can't really argue with you, Ash. Not at all, Ash. You're right about that. But I'm telling you, uh, just. I'm going to be talking about that quite a bit over the next, what, nine days or so. But get out there Saturday, a week from Saturday. I think that's the 22nd or 23rd. I always get those days mixed up. Let me see here as I pull up my handy-dandy calendar. It's the 23rd. So uh, be sure, go check that out on uh, the 23rd. Uh, I'll be out there. Linda will be out there, and we're just going to have a blast with that. Okay. That's awesome. Uh, before we jump into it here with Mike, just a reminder, we had our folks on from LCC yesterday. This Saturday out at LCC, it's Fiesta LCC from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Music, a children's area. There's been a, a folkloric Latin dance going to be performed, community resources, food trucks. That's the thing I'm excited about the most. I think they're going to have 
uh, three or four food trucks out there. Starts at 10 a.m. So don't even eat before you go out there. Go out there hungry, have fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Fiesta LCC, dude. I had. Did you listen to any? Did you get a chance to listen to any yesterday's show? I missed yesterday's show. It's all good. Prudencio. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew that he was going to be on. Oh, dude, he he is awesome. You talk about someone that just carries himself regally. I mean, his shoulder's always back, and, you know, he's got that that Antonio Banderas accent, you know, but his is even better than Antonio Banderas, but it's Prudencio. That's how you say it. That's that's impressive. But you'll get In to have itself. There you go. You'll get to meet him on Saturday out at uh, Fiesta LCC, and then a week from uh, a week from uh, Saturday, or I'm sorry, a week from Friday, the Little Mermaid begins out there. Have you ever met Holly Holder? Uh, on the periphery, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, that's her parents who live right there next door, Lee and Kathy, and she is the star of The Little Mermaid. In fact, she's going to be in here next week. I, I think I'm going to try to book her for Wednesday, so you might want to hang out a, a yeah, little bit. Uh, well, cool. let me tell you what. She's going to sing a couple of songs from The Little Mermaid. Wow. Yeah, then I yeah. definitely want to be here for that. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. But uh, but tickets still available for that. Go to uh, lenorecc.edu backslash the Little Mermaid, or just call them up at uh, LCC, and I promise you, uh, Catherine Pearson, all the folks over at LCC will hook you up with tickets to that. Well, I mean, you're gonna have to pay for them. I mean, they're not for just sure. gonna hook for them. Sure. You know, they're not just gonna hook you up with them. I mean, you know. <laughs> if only, right? That would be nice. It would be nice. There you go. Oh, uh. Greg Clemens uh, chiming in, and he says the 23rd is the day after his Wolfpack whips the Who's. Is that a Friday night game? I think I, maybe it is. Must be. Uh, yeah, we're in bad shape, man. We lost to James Madison at home. I watched. Uh, I, I caught a little bit of that uh, during one of the many weather delays during Saturday's football. Have you ever? You never, know what? Let, put a pin in that because I want to talk about that. We've got 10,000 uh, things to talk about, but I do want to let you know our Davis Wholesale Tire High school football game of the week is this Friday night. It's South Lenore at Kinston. South Lenore is one and three. Kinston is two and two. We'll wait till tomorrow and definitely on Friday to break all that down. But other games that are going to be taking place Friday night, Parrot Academy. They're two and one. They're traveling to Rocky Mount Academy, who is two and two. That'll be a conference game. Green Central, who inexplicably, inexplicably, man, that's easy for me to say, Mike. Uh, they're one and three, and they're at home against undefeated North Pitt, who is three and zero. Oh. Aiden Grifton is three and one. They're at home against Wes Craven, who is one and three. Jones Senior, their tough, tough season continues. Uh, they're zero and three. They are yet to score a point yet this season, Mike. Yeah, yeah, not good. Uh, they're zero and three, and they travel to Lakewood, who is three and one, who's actually a pretty good football team. Uh. So I'm a little bit nervous about that. North Lenore is off. Thank goodness. We're going to dive into that here in a second too. <coughs> and then Bethel Christian. They uh, begin their season September 22nd at home versus Wilson Community Christian. We told you about the Down East Wood Ducks. We're going to talk about them all uh, pretty much our, the first half of our second hour. Uh, LCC Volleyball is 4-3. and three. Uh, They uh, are off until well, they're scheduled to play on Saturday. We'll see what happens. Ricky Whaley, if you're talking, help me out with that. Uh, Brad Fest is uh, October 21st from 3 to 9 p.m. at Pearson Park. So I think I got everything in because we got a lot of stuff to talk about, Mike. And uh, uh, Dilly's Choice, I guess I'm the dealer. You want to talk about uh, ECU and all the bad weather that came through, or do you want to talk uh, North and and the situation over there? Let, what would you like to talk about let, first? Let's go ahead and, and knock out, um, you know, 
what the tragic situation over at North Lenore and well, let me set it up for you, please. Uh, Tony Hill uh, passed away uh, late Thursday night into Friday. An assistant coach over uh, North Lenore who'd been with the program through several coaches. He'd been with at least three, and I told you as we got started, I think it might have even been four coaches that he coached under at North Lenore. Was a te- popular teacher and coach over at North Lenore. Take it away, Mike. And, and you know, via social media, I I knew. Tony, you know, in a very peripheral manner, um, through a few different avenues. Um, you know, we had a lot of mutual friends and things of that nature. So I certainly don't want to get into, um, the, the specifics of any of that. Uh, Yeah. What I really just wanted to touch on is, um, you know, a, a general statement about, the emotional and mental health of of men of our generation, Brian. You know, um, yesterday I had the the good fortune of going to a men's Bible study at noon at Queen Street Deli that was organized by our mutual friend Nathan Perry. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of the the topic was you know men getting together for, for, for fellowship and and developing a community of, of, of people that you can lean on. And, I, you know, again, not, not going into any detail about what took place with Coach Hill, but I have suffered personally from um, anxiety and depression. And, uh, you know, forever it was – a subject that was really frowned upon for, you know, men, particularly of our generation and, 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 and previous generations. Uh, you know, when I was a kid growing up, you know, if, if something, something were to happen, I mean, you, you rub some dirt on it, rub some dirt on it and you walk it off. And I, I think that what is critically important is for, for generations going forward, we've got to pivot from that. We've got to get away from, you know, the fear of, of men talking about the things that are impacting their life. And regardless of what it is, whether it is, um, you know, social situations, um, um, personal things in your personal life, you know, find, find a group of people that you can depend on. You know, yesterday um, at, at the Bible study, it, it was broached, you know, um, you know, why men don't confide in other men or, you know, or whomever. And we were raised in such a competitive environment mm-hmm. that if you share your vulnerability, you're creating weakness. And, you know, and, and, and that's just not the case. I mean, and anyone who's going to use, um, a vulnerability that, that you reach out to, to, to try to find help with as as a weakness, something is coming for them as well. Um, and, 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 and for, for guys who are out there that, that, don't suffer from such things. I, I don't actually think there are people that exist that don't have some 
some uh, anxiety or, you know, ever however you describe it. Um, but, you know, if you're fortunate enough that that's not an issue for you and, and someone comes to you, I mean, you know, be there for them. And, and it's not a thing where you're going to necessarily provide an answer for them, but just provide a, a listening ear and, you know, some comfort of that nature. Um, it's unfortunate uh, that that more men aren't finding finding an outlet for the things that they suffer from because um, suicide has become an, an epidemic within, you know, men ages, you know, 30 to, to 60. And, um, and, and I, and I, again, I think it is, a it results from, yeah, generations of, of hardened fathers and grandfathers that, you know, didn't think that being emotionally vulnerable was the right way for a young man to act. But if you are, if you, if you're out there and you have things that you're dealing with, you know, find somebody, whether it is, I mean, however you find your center, whether it is through faith or through, um, you know, I, I, I don't mind saying I have, um, I, I've sought counseling. I, I take medication and, and it's made me a better person and, and that might not be for everyone, but yeah, you know, I, I couldn't come on this morning given the heavy nature of, of what's taken place and what's impacted our community without, without sharing my story. And, and because I think it's incredibly important for men out there to, to find an outlet, to find, um, to find a circle that, that they can draw strength from and, and bounce ideas off of and, and confide in. And, um, and it, it probably is going to upset my wife that I shared this sort of personal thing on Listen, the air this morning. But Linda just messaged and said this is really good, and she's right. And it takes a lot of uh, takes a lot of courage to say what you just said there, dude. And and I mean that because can you imagine being on the radio fifteen years ago and saying something like that? You know, you it could, didn't happen. You know, yeah. It didn't happen, and, and and it's sad. And and I think it's conditioned society to view things a certain way but i lost a a a former co-worker um to a self-inflicted injury years ago and i remember as a kid like i grew up in a very um conservative church and and you know that 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 was ultimate sin and so forth and so on and when this happened later in life, I was probably, I don't know, I'm, I may have been 30. Um, my pastor at the time, a contemporary of mine, similar ages. And, you know, I went and I talked to him about it. And I was like, how do you reconcile that? And, and he said something to me that has stuck with me ever since. He said, the sadness is, is depression is an illness. Mm-hmm. And that person passed away from an illness. 
that person didn't pass away from himself from a self-inflicted wound or any other that that person passed away and you could have called it cancer you could have called it whatever else you want to call it but it was an illness that wasn't treated mm. and i think that when we when we go down this path of ostracizing things that happen and painting them a certain way based on philosophical ideas that are incredibly outdated and from an uninformed standpoint in terms of health because mental health is as or more important than physical health because poor mental health habits, poor um, poor choices in terms of maintaining your mental health will cause issues with your physical health. I can attest to that. And, um, and, and I just wanted to, um, and, and I'm by no means an expert, you know, on this, I'm speaking from personal experience and I'm sure there are folks out there that are probably shaking their head and saying that, that Mike Martin, he doesn't know what he's talking about. And that's fine. Um, but if you are, are someone who, who has a, a greater knowledge of such issues, you know, get out there and speak on it, get out there and make sure that people know what needs to be done, what method, what, what measures they can take to prevent things like this from happening in the future. Um, yeah, the, by all accounts, you know, Eastern North Carolina, Lenore County and, and, and our area lost, a a very valuable member of our community and, uh, you know, we have to start talking about it. We have to start speaking up. We've got to start reaching out and we've got to put an end to this. And, you know, this is something that we can do. There are so many things in this world that we do not have the ability to fight. I don't have the intellectual ability to find a cure for cancer. I don't have the intellectual ability to, you know, to, to cure ALS or other horrible, horrible diseases. But I do have the ability to speak out and say, hey, look, it's okay. It, mm-hmm. It's all right. If, if you don't know how to deal with this, we can find people that can. And I can listen and I can, you know, give you a hug. You know, I can, and I can tell you that there, there's nothing in this life that you cannot overcome if you're willing to to share who you are, where you are in life, there's a path to get to where we all want to be. And, and, and it's critically important that we find that path together. As bad as everything seems to be at sometimes, and it's so simple to say, Mike, but it's true. And I've been at some pretty bottom levels too. We won't get into all that right now, but you know what? Wait it out. The ne- I promise you, the next day it is a little bit better. I mean, when the sun comes up that next morning, and you <coughs> you take everything into account, and you 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 count your blessings, and it is. And I mean, like I said, I've been at some really dark times in my life too, where I've thought that you know, hey, there, there's no way out of this other than perhaps whatever. Guess what? It does, doesn't it? 
You know, and I mean, I'm not saying all it your does. problems disappear, but guess what? It, it does. Yeah. And and what I would say is, you know, uh, that dark place looks different for everyone. And that the path that, you know, I can, you know, there are, it's, it's different for everyone. And there are plenty of us that have reached a point where we've laid in bed and we're like, you know what? It's, it's okay if tomorrow yeah. doesn't come. But but there's someone somewhere that needs you tomorrow. Yep. And there's someone that you may have never even met yet that you're going to have an impact on their life and change them forever. And those are the same things that will change you forever. And you know, it, it's um, it's a rather somber way to begin the day, but I'm, but like, I'm but glad I'd you like did. It. And you, this was a big point to you. You wanted to talk yeah, about I, this this morning, and I appreciate it. And I and I and it, you know, after after that Bible study yesterday, and twenty five guys, first Bible study, twenty five wow. guys showed up to lunch at Queen Street Deli, and you know, and and it they probably ranged in ages from you know their thirties to their seventies or older, possibly. And, uh, you know, all different walks of life in terms of, of, you know, professional background. But it was all people, you know, all men who were seeking, you know, fellowship, time together, an, ability, an opportunity to bounce ideas off of each other. And, and, you know, and I don't view the world the way a lot of them do. Um, and, and that's okay uh, because, you know, it, we're – Nathan's working to create a safe space for men to 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 share and to grow and um and and anybody that's friend with Nathan Perry will know that uh he comes from a good place and and that that that's a great thing and there's other opportunities out there for men and 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 you know women alike I don't mean to sound chauvinistic with this and that that's not my intention but you know, the studies will, will will show you that um that that the issue is, is skewed towards impacting men more uh more heavily and, and like I said it it's it, it's a bit of a um somber serious way to start a a fun show no, but 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 again I appreciate this like I said Linda appreciates what you're saying too and I know our listeners do too it's just Things need to be said. You know, I I don't want to wake up another morning and hear about, you know, no, a bad situation. So anyway, Mike, thank you. I, I appreciate appreci- I appreciate the uh I appreciate the opportunity and the forum to to express that. Well, so thank you so much. Uh listen, let's uh thank uh like you said, there's really no way to segue from <laughs> that. To, <laughs> but I do want to thank Lenore Community College. They are the title sponsor of the Brian Hanks show and have been uh, since we started, uh, listen, for 65 years, LCC has helped men and women in our area tangibly improve their lives. LCC's mission is to meet the personal, cultural, and professional educational needs of its students through affordable, accessible, and innovative educational programs. LCC has its main campus in Kinston uh, at 231 Highway 58 South, but it also has satellite campuses in Greene County and Jones County. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, call LCC at 252-527-6223. Visit their website at lenorecc.edu or visit one of the beautiful campuses in Kinston, Snow Hill, or Trenton. 
to find out how you can change your life today. And thank you again so much. Richie Honeycutt and Dr. Rusty Hunt, uh, Catherine Pearson, Prudencio, all our uh, friends over at Lenore Community College. <coughs> Goodness gracious for being the title sponsor of the Brian Hank Show. And thank you to all our day one sponsors. Uh, LCC, UNC Lenore Healthcare, GoEco Office Automation, Spence Automotive, Woodman Life, Arundel Parrot Academy, and then all our other sponsors that are part of the show now too. Uh, and thank you, Jason Bryant, for uh, taking care of all these uh, all these folks that are part of the Brian Hank Show, part of our Friday night football coverage. Uh, Downey's Protection Systems, King's Restaurant, the Kinston Police Department, Davis Wholesale Tire, Mills International. Rillo Discount Drugs, Lenore County Public Schools, Lenore Tire and Appliance, and the Down East Wood Ducks. And we've got to go there. We are our whole, our second hour is going to be dedicated, or at least the first half of it, uh, with Janelle Fitch about the Wood Ducks. But how about that, though, dude? A down awesome. two to nothing. Awesome. They come back and they win with an opportunity tomorrow night to uh, clinch a first-round series, Mike. That's incredible. Yeah, it, and it, it's, uh, it says a lot about the fortitude of that that group because um a, as we've discussed previously uh you know minor league baseball is, is unique in terms of the fact that if you have first half success then chances are those who led to your success in the first half are going to get called up and and we have uh, as Shiver told us last week hey that sounded good. I don't know what we just triggered <laughs> there, but uh, okay. Good stuff. But, yeah, we discussed with Shiver last week, um, yeah, probably 60% of this roster. I got to tell you this real quick. I don't mean to interrupt you, and you're making valid points. Somehow we tripped Chances Are by Ma- Bob Bob Marley. So you must have said somehow I raised. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and Siri. Uh, go ahead. Go technology. Ahead. Technology, friends. Um but, you know, it, probably 60% of the roster from the first half of the season has been called up. And so, consequently, you know, it's new faces and not to denigrate the, the new faces, but probably younger, less experienced, um, and um, maybe have not reached the talent level of some of the guys we had on the roster in the first half. Um, and, and so it, it's developmental. It's, uh, minor league baseball is, is, a uh, and especially more so now, I think since, uh, major league baseball, um, has, has taken over the operation of minor league baseball. I think it's much more, uh, development driven more so than, than, than trying to be competitive on the field at that moment. The greater good is to create and develop talent for the major league team. So at times you're going to see um, maybe guys who who aren't at that level yet, but clearly these guys are rallying. They're you know they're they're developing and and it showed out on the field last night. And hopefully we can uh, three more wins. Yeah. Uh- yeah, you're absolutely Three right. More wins if they win can, uh, tomorrow uh, night, and get your tickets now. It is Wood Ducks Wednesday. Get your tickets now. You can go to, but uh, but but where can you go? Uh, you know what? You can go to WoodDucksBaseball.com or visit the team's box office at Historic Granger Stadium. And again, like I said, you go tomorrow night. You're getting a uh, Brian Hanks show rally towel. 
your very own mic that you can take home with you and you can rally at any time. You know, and if yeah, you're I out doing yard, need to rally. exactly, you can be out, you, you know, in the yard doing yard work and you got about 20 more minutes you got to do, but you need some motivation. You can go back in the house and wave your rally towel and rally yourself to finish your yard work. Uh, they're, they're great, <laughs> great tools. Great tools. There you, go. you can also dry your dishes with it. You could too. Absolutely. You could do whatever you want to with it, but it will be all yours. First 1,000 fans tomorrow night at uh, Historic Granger Stadium. Again, you'll get to see Jonathan Massey throw out the first pitch. John Dawson and I will be there too. John is, I, I, you know how he loves touching people and, you know, people touch. He's going to be giving out free hugs tomorrow. Nice. Okay? Yeah. Nice. So uh, there'll be a sign up list. The rally uh, hugs. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you fall behind by a run or two. John Dawson will be giving out rally hugs. I love it. That's rally it. towels and Start rally rev- hugs. It's our revolution. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know how much he's going to kill me when he hears this? A lot. Oh, he, he does so, He's not even real big on shaking hands, let alone. Uh, now, he'll hug a good-looking woman. Don't get it twisted, well, okay? I mean, but. You know. But especially if you're a guy, he, he wants to hug you. Yeah, so uh, I love it. Rally hugs. Thank so, you. When, uh, so, Massey's throwing out the first pitch. Yep. So let's talk about Mason Garcia throwing passes for our Pirates over at at, at East. Look Carolina. at that segue. I like you that. Know, That's perfect. So I I've got a I, I've got a beef. Um. So I I don't generally uh, get into uh, groups on social media, but yeah. I have gotten into <laughs> a lot of the ECU football uh, groups on Facebook. And I told Michaela, so she and Lily Grace were at the beach over the weekend celebrating um, sweet Ansley Robinson's birthday. And uh, so um, they get back and Sunday afternoon, I was just kind of dragging a little bit. And I was like, I stayed up arguing with people on social media about <laughs> ECU football and yeah I, I I've got to say this I don't know if you've seen this on any of that stuff I'm sure you probably dip, I, I dip your some toe into yeah. some of it I but, don't participate but I'll read it every but, once in a while yeah but yeah the number of people that I heard that I read re- referencing Deion Sanders coach prime coming to ECU yeah we should have gone oh my god we should have gone after coach prime and it, you know it, it it's such garbage and it it really shows a false sense of reality for uh, a who coach prime is b who east carolina university is in relation to the University of Colorado or co- in collegiate football. I mean, Colorado has had a a significant um, college football history, not to diminish what we've done at East Carolina University, and I'm a huge Pirates fan, but I also have the ability to recognize, you know, who we are in the pecking order and – uh, you know, and that's that's just not the economics of. Well, what if we could have got our hands? Okay, I'm going to interrupt you just for a second because I got to ask: What if we could have got Dion though before he went to Jackson State? Because he was out there. But he that was, was, but that, but that was never his intention. I okay. mean, I, I think 
that he was I think that he went to Jackson State um for a specific reason. Uh I think he was trying to um shine a light on historic black colleges and universities and and what he did at Jackson State in in illuminating um the inequities that that schools of that type face was very purposeful mm-hmm. um and i think that it had a dual purpose of shining more light on coach prime as uh as as folks are referring to him okay by the and, way dude i mean that drives me nuts okay he's his name is Dion sanders okay yes. it should be co- i would never I got to tell you, if I were in that media contingent, by the way, which, by the way, I guess if you cover Colorado, you've got to be fans of the program to cover it, which to me is, uh, hey, uh, good morning, Pam Sheffield. She's listening to us right now. Awesome. Uh, but to, I didn't like the way he called out a reporter after the first game. I could never call him Coach Prime. I would, I would never. And if that meant me getting my credential yanked, I guess that would mean me getting my credential yanked. But I can't imagine calling somebody by a nickname. His name is Coach Sanders, you know. Well, or, and, and I think that or I would just call him Coach. People who call him Coach Prime, it just drives me freaking nuts. Yes. Well, and I mean, and and so, <laughs> in, in that um, in that vein, you know, in that. Um, that post, someone went on to talk about how we need to recruit the way Coach Prime recruits. You mean bring in eighty six players? Well, I mean, and and nil money. I mean, you yeah. know, that's not a battle that East Carolina University is going to win. And here's where, do you really think so, dude? There is a lot of money over at ECU, and guess what? Some of that money comes from right here in Kinston. Okay, oh, I mean, I'm I mean, not. I'm not. There going is a lot now. Can it compare with Chapel Hill or Greg Clemens or Boulder, Colorado? Or, no, yeah. it's not. And but there's money at East Carolina. There is money, yeah. but you know everything is relative. Yeah, and the money that's at East Carolina is not going to be, you know. In, in the same ballpark as the funds that they're able to raise at these larger universities. Um, and, it, yeah, and, and look, hey, prove me wrong. Prove me wrong, yeah. Pirate fans. Get out there and, and pump that place full of dollars, but also be prepared for what that brings. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you know, I, I like what East Carolina University is. I love what East Carolina University is. That's your alma mater, right? It is. Yeah. It is. And uh, but not like you know Scott Whittington. I mean, I, I heard him <laughs> the other week. You know, with his the Hall of Fame bat boy Scott Whittington, um, son of Kinston, son of Kinston. Um, you know, pride of the equipment room at, in Greenville. Sweet yeah. P is Greg Clemens calls him. Sweet, sweet, sweet P. Um, <laughs> You know, Uncle Scotty. Yeah. Um, congratulations, by the way. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's um, I like being the underdog. Yeah. I like being the scrappy one that that didn't you know get the recognition that the larger universities got, and 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 we jump up and surprise some people ever so often. Um, 
And, and you know, we, we're going into a week where we're playing Appalachian State, and, and by God, it, Appalachian State has become what East Carolina used to be. You're the second person now that said that. Richard Clark said the same thing yesterday. Continue, and, and, though, but that's what and, he said know, yesterday. And, 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 you know, but so people, you know, getting on social media and bashing, you know, Mike Houston, whom I I think is an incredible football coach. Um, you know, and I, and I bought up to Danny Rice, you know, I said, you know, how quickly we forget the Scotty Montgomery era and the John Thompson era. I mean, you know, those were, those were not only difficult times in terms of wins and losses, but the product that was on the field was horrendous. And yeah, if we can put an entertaining product on the field and, 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 and I don't really know, feel like we did necessarily Saturday against Marshall, but you know, I I'm of the belief and I'm of the nature that for the most part, unless it's something egregious, I'm going to defer to the men and women who are in charge of our sports programs. You know, I, I'm going to say that Ryan Gieselman and Matt Beeman know more about the young men that are training in the weight room under them, you know, that they're monitoring academically, that they are mentoring on a day-in and day-out basis, and they see the growth, and they see the the determination, and they see, you know, the potential better than I do. And, and, you know, and in this case, you know, the quarterback controversy at East Carolina with uh, Mason Garcia and, and Alex Flynn, you know, I, I think I view it differently than a lot of people do. I think that first and foremost, and, and Brian, outside of um, Zach Wilson, the backup quarterback's always going to be the most popular guy in the ring because well, he's he, no longer the backup quarterback though right <laughs> and he wasn't very popular no. when he came in but it's the unknown the yeah. backup quarterback's the unknown <laughs> the backup quarterback is always going to be you know p- potential unfulfilled yeah and and you know whether it is Mason Garcia's inability to um, stay in the pocket, whether whether it is uh, our offensive lineman's inability to protect him, whether it is you know Coach Kirkpatrick who has who he's ha- not very popular right now either, and and, and <laughs> yeah, and, and I will say I have I have questioned his play calling a great deal. Um, but, you know, I feel like when Alex Flynn comes in, you know, let's, let's, not, let's not look at this through rose-colored glasses. Alex Flynn came in, and he was two of six, you know, you know, and he hit that first big play pass. Um, I think it was to Jalen Johnson on a post route, and everybody goes berserk, and they're like, oh, my gosh, this is a guy. Well, I mean – 
I don't think that Mason Garcia ever had that window to throw in. I don't know that he ever had that play called for him, but that, that's neither here nor there. Mike Houston said in his press conference yesterday that he remembers back to 2021 when you know the season had a tough start to the season and you know people were booing the starting quarterback at that time, which was Holt Naylor's. Who was in um, his what? That was two in 2021, so that was in his fifth year of being quarterback <laughs> that year, right? Probably. <laughs> but, but you know, and 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 that's something that I brought up. I I think that if you can leave your personal bias out of it and just look strictly at the physical attributes of Mason Garcia, he is built very similarly to Holton Aylers. He plays the game somewhat similarly to Holt Naylor's in terms of, you know, being willing to leave the pocket, being willing to run, and you know, and, and lower his shoulder and take some hits. I mean, that fifty-eight yard run he had was one of the. I mean, that it was the highlight probably of the game for the Pirates. Um, but you know, I think he's got. He's got a skill set that I think is similar to Holt Naylor's, and I think if given the opportunity and yeah, you know, and and some fans have some patience and allow him to develop, yeah, you know, I think you're going to see some great things. But the other thing that that really that struck me on those message boards was, you know, <laughs> why are we going backwards in year five with Mike Houston? Mm-hmm. Well, guys, we lost a lot of talent. Well, why weren't we developing this talent all along? And you know, and there again, the layers of talent that East Carolina is able to recruit, and I think that's you know what differentiates East Carolina from you know when you watch them play Michigan, um, you know they were able to compete early on in that game, you know, head to head against Michigan. And that's because they're talented young men on that first team at East Carolina University. The difference is at a school like Michigan, and even probably more so at schools like NC State and University of North Carolina and so on, is you know the second team is still full of four-star recruits and, 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 you know, and you, you go deep into those teams depth charts before you see a significant drop off in the physical ability. Now, you know, you're not taking into account the mental development, the emotional development and, and the football knowledge and experience. But I think that's what differentiates, um, schools of that size from schools like East Carolina University. And, you know, the one thing I'd say to Pirate fans out there is, you know, Mike Houston is a great football coach. Um, well, he proved it. He proved it to James Madison. I mean, we know he's a good football coach. Or so, like I said, heck, a great football coach. I, and, you know, it, and he's got – he's brought a lot of talent to Greenville. Um, I think if you look at that defense under Scotty Thompson and you look at the defense that – that we've seen the last um, two games, particularly in the first half, uh, you know, the the Ali, the running back from um, Marshall, 
in the, in the meeting last year, I think, ran for, you know, 180, no, two years ago, ran for 180, 190 yards against East Carolina. And, and he did break some big plays later in the game, but we held him in check for the most part of that game. And, um, you know, and, and I'm and I'm not going to, you know, sugarcoat, the, the offense struggled and the amount of time that the defense spent on the field uh, resulted in in some some broken big plays in in the second half, but I, I think if given the opportunity, I think Mike Houston is the uh, is 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 the answer at coach for the Pirates, and it, and it might mean that this year is a. Is well, what a, do you see? Okay, well, I'm going to put your feet to the fire here. They're zero and two, eight point underdogs going into Boone. Let's just call. It, I think they're going to be zero and three. And and again, hey, I'm a season ticket holder. I pull for ECU yeah, here. I just don't sure. want. Well, you know, people are going to hear this. They're going to be like, oh, Hanks and Martin are talking trash about ECU. No, we're not. We no, I want I mean, ECU to be a top twenty five program. But your feet to the fire. Zero and three right now, and <coughs> Gardner Webb on September twenty third. That's a win, I think. Well, but I mean, but you know, and I think that. Well, well not. But I, I haven't finished. Where do you think they are? Zero oh, and three. Do they, can they? I still see a road to seven and five. I really do. I see. I mean, a legitimate road to seven and five. What do you think they're going to finish uh, if they lose this weekend in Boone? Uh, I think they'll probably more likely be five and seven or four. And okay, eight. there you go. That's um, what I was wondering. Yeah. And, and look, and I, I think in in the preseason, I think that I, uh, I, I predicted us to win seven or eight games. We both. Nope. You and I seven, both said seven, seven and, and five. five. Yep. Um. Yeah. And 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 look, there is a path to that. But, you know, this is a set of circumstances where I think you're going to see the character of the players on that team. And, you know, and they're going into a difficult environment up in Boone. Um, they're going um, – and they're going up against the team that they were under Steve Logan. I mean, let's, yeah. let's be honest. Yeah. And, 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 that's a, and that's a good thing in terms of the fact that um, college football needs those teams, and yeah. and you know, and I'm glad that one of them resides in the state of North Carolina. And uh, yeah, I wish it could be our Pirates, but it doesn't seem like that's where we are at this moment. And it's not over. Like I said, I think, and and I'm I'm not being fanboy over here. I promise, Mike. I'm not an alma mater, or I'm, that's not my alma mater, like it is yours, or Danny Rice's, or a ton of people here in Kinston, Lenore County. But I legitimately, and I mean this, I'm not being fanboy here. I think they're going to go seven and five, and I think we're going to look back at the end of the season when y'all have already accepted a bowl bid and you're playing somewhere, and we're going to say, you know what? Those first three games of the season, Michigan obviously. Listen, Marshall. I had somebody I can't even remember who it was that said they think they're going to be borderline top twenty-five at the end of the season. Appalachian's going to win nine games this year, okay? Yeah. And I think when we look back in December or what, late November or December, Mike, we're going to say. Wow, you know what? We played those three games. Yeah, what bothers me is it's going to be all the people who jumped off the bandwagon that right, are going to be sure. like, for that sure. are going to be like, oh, yeah. we're not going to win a game this year or something. We're going to be set. We ECU is going to be seven and five. Look back at this first three weeks of the schedule and say, you know what? All that did was make us tougher. You, you talked about Matt Beeman. This romantic. I know I'm comparing the Rendell Parrot Academy here to East Carolina University, but what Matt does over at Parrot Academy is. He books the first, look at his first two or three well, games every year, yeah. non-conference. He books 11-man games, not eight-man games. He books 11-man games to toughen his team up, to get them ready for that stretch run. 
That's what I think is going to happen. That's the way we're going to look. When you're sitting in that chair in November and December, we're going to go, wow, they've won seven of their last nine games going into whatever bowl game they're playing in. And yeah. it was because of those first three games of the season. And I think, yeah, and I think that that's a – I think it's a wise – move for player development and for player growth i think it's it, it's a difficult strategy for fans um particularly fans that can't view it through the prism of the responsibility of that university and athletic department is the growth and development of those players um you know I, as fans you know we get we get so caught up in in the wins and losses, and you know I, I commented on you know that look you know we have four skill position offensive players that are on NFL rosters that that were part of our team last year, and and the response was, well, only one of them is on a fifty three man roster, and I'm like. Come on, man. I mean, but you know, like, how about you know the decades that we didn't produce a single player that could have sniffed an NFL roster? So you know, the fact that we had, I don't know, probably six or eight guys in NFL camps, and and four of which are drawing paychecks from professional NFL football teams says a lot about what Mike Houston's done there. And for those that, you know, that want to say that, you know, those were Montgomery's recruits and so on, well, Mike Houston's the one that developed them. Yeah. And and so and that I think is probably and and some of our coaching uh listeners out there can can maybe comment on this more is that you know, developing someone else's talent, taking taking someone's recruits that, that were not recruited by you for your system and for your design and taking those guys and develop them, developing them into special talents, I think would be a more difficult task than than you know, than taking guys that you hand selected for your, you know, style of play. But it yeah, you know, it's an interesting time in in football, whether it be you know professional or, or or collegiate or high school for that matter, but um, yeah, another thing that I wanted to touch on really quickly is the uh, the NCAA's ruling on the Tez Walker situation at, at Carolina. Carolina. Yeah, um, and, and you know, it, and for those of you out there listening that are you know fans of NC State or East Carolina or any other you know Virginia there are some of those out there um, <laughs> I am one of those yes but you know for those of you that are thumbing your nose at what's taking place in Chapel Hill with this young man um I I would caution you because it could have very easily been your school and one of your players that, that are going through this. And, um, I, you know, the NCAA stance on this and, and quickly Tez Walker, um, is a, a native of, of the Charlotte area, I think. Um, and, um, he was initially recruited to play at North Carolina central. He went to North Carolina central and their season was canceled due to COVID, 
Uh, he subsequently transferred to Kent State, uh, goes to Kent State, plays for Kent State for two seasons, um, and, and their coaching staff is um, – they leave. And so Tez Walker, you know, enters the transfer portal, transfers to the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Um, the reasoning for his transfer – uh, his mental health and uh, to be closer to his family. Uh, his grandmother apparently is in poor health. And, yeah, I'm pretty sure that she lives in the Charlotte area. So, yeah, he comes to Chapel Hill, enrolls in classes uh, in January um, of 23. And, yeah, by all accounts, you know, did everything that he was supposed to do, and uh, the NCAA changed its stance on um, on the transfer portal, and you know, it, now I guess after your second transfer, you need to sit out a year. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, he had already transferred um, on camps at Carolina before the NCAA makes this announcement regarding the changes in their in their transfer um, rules and uh, and and so they have declared him ineligible um, ineligible for the season and uh, so I guess he will have the option to play for for Carolina next season if I understand it correctly um, and it, yeah it it's really an unfortunate situation. You know, I, I don't really understand the NCAA's logic behind, you know, backdating his suspension for a rule that wasn't in place when, when he went through this process. And so you're in charge of the NCAA and we've got to wrap dude. We're into our second hour and we got Janelle Fitch coming up here in a little bit. Just how do you handle that? You're in charge of the NCAA, Mike Martin. How do you handle that? Well, I mean, if if the decision was made prior, you know, if if he was already transferred and in place prior to you announcing the rule change, then I don't know how you can enforce it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if the speed limit is 35 miles an hour and next week they change it to 25 miles an hour, you can't you yeah. can't write me a ticket for what I did when it was 25 miles an hour. I agree with that, dude. Thank you. As always, it goes by extremely quick. I, uh, what, little, little, uh, this week, call it final score, ECU and, uh, and Appalachian state, uh, 36 to 21 bad guys, bad guys. Yeah. Uh, I'm about the same area. I think I was surprised it was only eight points. I thought it was going to be 10 to 12 points. Especially, but then again, like I said, I really think Mike Martin that we're going to go back and when you're sitting there in November, we're going to say, man, we were Owen or we, here I go again. They were Owen three. Now they're uh, seven to five going to a bowl. Thank you so much, buddy. Always great to see you, bud. Very good. Okay. Uh, coming up here in just a couple of minutes, we're going to have uh, our good friend Jan- Janelle Bullock Fitch here on Wood Ducks Wednesday on the Brian Hanks show presented by Lenore Community College. 